Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle. As always, Kyle, how's it going? No, salute to crowd. I'm Gucci. How you doing? I'm good. Um, don't need to even sugarcoat it. Basketball wise, this was a phenomenal weekend. It was a lot of high pace, a lot of great action. You had Lillard go nuts. Uh, Embiid almost had shot of the <laughs> shot of the regular season. That was a great game. Uh, it was Friday, but the Kings dropped 176 to 175. That the weekend was nuts for basketball, and I don't know what was your one of your biggest takeaways from the weekend. Takeaways, uh, many takeaways, many takeaways. Uh, my main takeaway is that the NBA season has officially started. Like it finally feels like. The NBA season is here. I mean, I'm not saying there hasn't been good yeah. games all year, but there was a different level of playoff atmosphere that should happen when you have these national TV primetime games. You know what I mean? And I thought mm-hmm. for the most part, these marquee matchups yeah, absolutely. really felt like mini playoff matchups, which they're supposed to all throughout the year, you know? Um, yeah. So that was, it was refreshing. It really... I haven't had a weekend like that that was completely dedicated to basketball in forever, and it was it was refreshing. Mm-hmm. It really was. Almost felt like a football weekend, damn near. But no, it yeah. was great. Great games. Uh, you know, I'll talk about my takeaways from each game individually that I watched this weekend. But uh, overall, great. And of course, Dame Lillard, like that was that was incredible. He had forty one at the half. Uh, I actually so that was at the same time as the Denver Clippers game. And so I had that on the main TV and I'm like, well, let me just pop in on this yeah. game on my phone. Cause you know, it was right at halftime for when I got the mm-hmm. notification. So I put it on, start watching, obviously in the third quarter, the first six minutes of the third quarter, he doesn't score. So he didn't even score till after the six minute mark in the third quarter. Yeah. And then after that 30 plus, if he would have exactly been at probably at 81, possibly, possibly he had, he would he 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 had a chance to hit Kobe. Yeah, I mean after after he hit seventy one, he had a possession where they made him cough up the ball, and then Chauncey Billups took him out with about forty seconds left, which I don't understand. If at that point, just leave him in the game and you know see if he can get seventy four, seventy five. Mm-hmm. So he would have had potentially two more shots at it, and yeah, Chauncey took him out early. So seventy one, it was. Yeah. But it was phenomenal nonetheless. He is such a tough shot maker. A lot of those shots in the second half were just tough shots. 13 to 22 from the three point line tied Steph for the second most all time, only behind Clay, who had 14 against the Bulls, I think three years, three or four years ago. Uh, Clay went that game was 14 to 24. Steph, I believe, was an amazing 13 to 16. Good point about. Random on Steph, his, his came off of an 0 of 10 night. So he went from 0 of 10 against the Lakers, I believe, to 13 against the Pelicans. But Lillard, just absolutely phenomenal when it comes to scoring. I have a question for you. Sure. About Lillard, that is. Sure. Do you feel Lillard can be the best player on a championship team? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh I mean, if Steph, I'm, can I'm be, just just if, I'm just checking to make sure because if Steph he just be, hasn't Dame gotten the be. chance. He's gotten. A, yeah, I um, mean, okay. He, so, would you do you think they're do you think they're neck and neck for players? Do you think like what was you? I mean, I think Steph's better, but 
they're certainly comparable. They're certainly comparable. I mean, Dame Dame has a little more slashing ability to his game. He's probably quicker off mm-hmm. the dribble, whereas Steph, I mean, we know, I believe Steph last year shot like the most, the highest percentage around the rim that he ever has or something like that. And he's always been good around the rim because why wouldn't he? He's such yeah, a threat so from like three. Tw- Once you get him off the dribble, it's one-on-one at the rim <clears throat> most of the time for him. Um, and he can legitimately finish, finish, not just like a, not just like kind of can just get easy ones. He really can get a finish around the basket. Right, right. In the case of Dame, you can very well say to him, like, okay, well, give Dame a Draymond, give Dame a Clay, and what does that look like for Dame? He's got the same amount of range. Mm-hmm. He's got the same amount of ridiculous, uh, tough shot making ability. Uh, you know, Steph might, Steph's handles probably a little better, so he he might look a little more spectacular. But Dame, you know, if Steph's a hundred, like being Steph is a hundred, Dame's a ninety-seven. He's ninety-five, ninety-seven. He's right there. Their games are very comparable. Uh, Dame probably just I don't know what the differences would be. Dame seems a little stronger, but Steph definitely got stronger, especially last year. Like, they made a point to point that out. Um, I w- but, I mean, you put Steph – or you put Dame I on the Warriors right now. The differences between Steph and Lillard would be the off-ball movement. That's probably it, yeah. I think as a playmate – I think as a playmaker, they're about the same uh, – I'd say Steph's a little better of a playmaker. I was going to say, they do it in different – but I was gonna say I'd, if I was gonna, if I had to lean away, I would probably say Steph. I think Steph has a little better handle, but I mean, again, it's not that Lillard has a bad one. He can get to wherever he needs to on the floor with that handle, so it's not like it's it's bad by any means. So it's it's funny you say I that. I would lean Steph a little bit. My fault. It's it's funny you say that yeah, about Steph's on. handle, just because I saw a clip last night and I'd seen it before, but it's just been a a minute since I've seen it where he's they're playing at Staples Center. And they're, mm. in the, they're, you know, layup lines or whatever. And he's doing behind the back through the legs with just his left hand stuff at a ridiculous pace. And then just does like a teardrop reverse layup. Like it's yeah. one of the most. Re- I've seen the clip, but I haven't seen it in years. And it's pretty ridiculous. Have you seen it? You've had to have seen it, right? Yeah. I have actually. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's in- absolutely incredible. Like he's like Steph's handle. I know Kyrie has the best handle in the league. Kyrie might have the best handle ever, but Steph would probably be second for me. Steph's like right he's there. just right there, and I still think I think he's an underrated ball handler somehow. Like I think, I think a lot of Steph's game is a little underrated the way, but I think Lillard might be the most undervalued player in the league just because people don't see him. Obviously, him being in Portland and not being in like L.A. or Golden State kind of doesn't the light doesn't shine on him the Blazers haven't been the greatest team since he's been there they've had a couple playoff runs obviously he's hit big shots of course we know his one over Paul George and then the one against Houston to end those series but hasn't been in the limelight as much as Steph obviously when winning championships there helps too but yeah I mean, I they're don't... very similar I think that Steph's little Steph things is what makes him better but like it's not like it's a far fetched like it's not like it's far away. Yeah, I mean, a couple things to that. Like, I mean, if you put Dame on the Warriors right now, like Steph's injured, you put Dame there right now, they're probably just as explosive. Like, yeah, Dame's probably not constantly moving off the ball the way Steph is, but Dame's 
you know, obviously got some off ball to him too. You know what I mean? And then Clay would open up stuff for Dame. Like there'd be almost no mm-hmm. drop off. Uh, how they got their points might be a little bit different. Maybe you see Dame attack the rim a little more. I think you see Steph go to the mid range a little more than Dame sometimes. Um, but as far as undervalued or underrated, I don't think that's the case necessarily with Dame. I think Dame's mm-hmm. about as big of a superstar as you can be without really getting like he doesn't have an MVP or anything, you know. But he has he's got all NBAs. He's got the highlights. Yeah. He's got the iconic plays. He's got two iconic series-ending game winners. Uh, then you couple that with pretty much what? Since 2020, how much he's extended his range into Steph territory. Uh, he's definitely a fan favorite. Uh, he's definitely one of the better marketed players in the league. So Dame gets his shine. He just needs that team mm-hmm. to really put him over the top. And it remains to be seen if that'll still be in Portland. He seems to be steadfast that it will be in Portland, but they really got a they got a lot of young talent and they've got good quality veteran talent around him, but they need like a solid, solid mix. Like he needs a true number two, like he had with CJ McCollum. Yep. Excuse me. I the Blazers are very in, it's gonna be very interesting to see the next four years for Lillard because like he's in he might not be in his peak athletic prime, but he's definitely like in the prime of right the NBA in the sense, kind of like how Steph was at the same age, where it's like they know the game, their athleticism still at a very high level, but they know the game more. They're veterans; they know how to get to their spots even better. And even though there's defensive attention on him all, every single play, he still he's like at his same with LeBron too. Kind of at this point, it's like. 28 to 29 is where, like, your peak peak is. But when you're, like, an all-time great, those, like, early to mid-30 years are also, like, a different kind of peak. Like, this difference, as we've talked about, between, like, 2012 Braun to 2016. Or, like, even if you take 2016 Steph to 20, and to 2022 last year, like, it's just they're different players, even though they're still maybe not at their peak athleticism plus peak play. So yeah. Lillard's I mean, in I, that next phase of peak. Where I don't it's going to be really interesting ne- to see how the Blazers hopefully put. Yeah, I don't even think he's at his next phase. I think yeah, he's yeah, right, go on. You're good. right in the middle of his athletic peak. I think he's right at his peak yeah, as true. a player. Like, he's he's insane. And, you know, Chauncey mm-hmm. does a good job. The organization does a good job for the most part. Uh, it always just seemed – I mean, they made a conference finals. I forget who they beat to get there. I forget if that was Denver or who it was. And then they got swept by – Golden State, and they had Durant in them, but uh, you know they're always just uh, like Durant. I was gonna say that was the series Durant was out for. Was it? That's right. That's right. It just seems Wait. like they're okay. So that was the year they faced the Raptors, the Warriors. Then it just seems like they're always just a little bit short. But yeah. you never know. Things change very quickly in this league. Uh, they need a little more assets. I almost wish that they would like bottom out and <laughs> go get Wemby, and then uh. Yeah, you know, fix fix the uh, fix the draft lottery for the Blazers. Get Wemby in Portland. Uh, you know, Phil Knight's over there in Oregon. Just give him the biggest Nike deal ever, <laughs> which he'll get anyway, regardless of what team he goes to. You can almost, I would be shocked if Wemby's not of a course. Nike athlete. Uh, so that would be my dream because then you can fast track Dame right to a contender because Wemby's just that good and that special. It seems. Uh, you know, add one more player to that. But yeah. it looks like they're going to be in the bubble I wanted him traded to Denver 
personally. Dame to Denver? That would be that'd be great. What I want. Dame and Jokic would be I wanted Lillard on Denver a couple years ago. If you would have traded like if you right now, if you were to take I mean it'd be hard now, they probably they wouldn't do it, but like if you had Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., even Air I mean, you try to probably keep Aaron Gordon, but if you had to and then got picks for Dame, I think if you got Jokic and you got Lillard and then you build pieces around them, have run a lot of role players. I thought that's what I was hoping for like a couple years ago. I know there was like not really serious because Lillard didn't want to, but talks about Lillard possibly being moved because they were in like the CJ McCollum be moved or is it Lillard? Like, who is it going to be? And that's where I wanted him to go because I thought him and Jokic would be a perfect combo. Be like the modern, like kind of like how you would think of, the modern big with point guard, they're perfect together. And Jokic obviously might, you could almost make an argument. It's the best point guard in the league right now. Like when you're Absolutely. actually orchestrating an offense. Absolutely. Jokic is incredible <laughs> to watch. Uh, but damn. Yeah. I mean, to speak to that on his way thing, to being Larry bird. Yeah. He's being third he's, MVPs. He's seven foot Larry bird. Damn there. But Dame, him or Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a close. It's going to be a three, Three-person race, I believe, just like last year between Giannis, Luke, or sorry, not Luca, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Um, and I'll get to the two centers here in a sec. I just wanted mm-hmm. to say, this year. speaking of Embiid, I always thought it yeah, would absolutely. either be Dame or CJ McCollum to Philly when it, it was all those talks and people were trying to throw them everywhere. I thought it would end up being CJ McCollum or Dame for Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons would be in Portland. And, you know, I thought that could have worked out. That would have been very interesting. I think Dame fits perfectly yeah. in Philly yeah. with how that city operates and, and how Dame carries himself. Uh, I'm just such a big fan Absolutely. of Dame. It was great to see that. Absolutely. I feel bad for Donovan Mitchell because they both scored the same exact amount. Donovan Mitchell's of course happened the same night as the DeMar Hamlin uh, incident. Um, health scare, I should say. And that just got completely overshadowed. Like it was, yeah. I don't remember the exact numbers for Don Mitchell, but I don't know why I just called him Don Mitchell. I don't think I've ever called him that. But he was just as scorching he hot. He had as like game. fifty-one in the second half. Was it really? I and remember he, like he, like he had a pretty plain for he had the. I remember the splits were he like had a plain he had thirteen first misses. Half. Like it was decent, but it wasn't crazy. And like both of them, Dame was chasing a little bit as he should. Like when you get hot, you're just gonna chase it. And they were luckily up enough. And because uh, it was against Houston, right? On Sunday, it was against the Bulls. It was January second against the Bulls. It was uh, no, no, no. I mean, uh, I meant Dame to one thirty four because they went to O. I meant Dame. Sunday so was against who, Houston, sorry? right? Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I was just saying, like him, his was in the flow of the game, and he started chasing a little bit because they were up like. They were up double digits, and then Houston kind of clawed back. That's right. They got back in the game because mm-hmm. Boban had a stretch where he got, like, 10 points in five minutes, and that allowed Dame to get even more points, thankfully. And, yeah, he was chasing it, but he was knocking yeah. them down. You know what I mean? But Donovan Mitchell, I remember seeing the highlights. Mm-hmm. His all seemed like they were just in the flow of the game, and he was just kind of unconscious. I'll tell you right now, the the box score and everything. It's crazy. When you scored 70, 71 in like the flow, like he was, as you're right, it was like legitimate, like wasn't forcing the issue. It was, he needed to score too late. So he was scoring and putting exactly what he needed to do late in the games, as, late in game as well. 
like Donovan's was crazy. Obviously, he went to overtime and it was fifty-five. I just barely looked it up mm. in the second half. So, like he had a pretty solid sixteen in what the were his first half. Or like, um, yeah. Uh, hold on, just a second. I had looked up an article reading about it. Um, let me go to his numbers in Bleacher Report. Um, basketball reference, real quick. But yeah, I. It is sad that he didn't get the as much recognition. Obviously, a very almost a tragedy, but definitely a very scary moment in sports happened. So it it was bound to get kind of uh, drowned by that. But yeah, that was an insane. Still night. a great performance, and with Dame on same night, on. same night for Donovan Mitchell as Demar Hamlin, and as well as Dana White, the video of him coming out slapping his wife that. That all somehow got completely just swept under the rug and no punishment for Dana White. That's all interesting. Uh, By the way, while we're on the topic of the UFC, UFC 285 this weekend, John Jones making his return against Surreal Gone. That's going to be an insane fight. Uh, Gone's about as well-rounded as a striker as you can find at any level in the UFC. It's an A-plus card. Valentina Shevchenko on the co-main against, I believe, Alexa Grasso for the title uh let me get the rest of the card here um quickly to add into kind of what we we're talking about here with uh donovan mitchell donovan mitchell his 71 point splits he had played 49 minutes 48 seconds so pretty much 50 minutes 22 of 34 7 of 15 from 3 20 of 25 from the line he had 71 eight and 11 which was also crazy because he almost had he was two rebounds away from a or yeah two rebounds away from a triple double with the 71 as well that's insane and then when you go to Lillard's split it's absolutely insane so and then when you go to Lillard's splits for it Lillard only played Lillard played 39 minutes so he played 11 less minutes um he went 22 of 38 13 to 22 from three 14 of 14 from the line. He had 71, 6, and 6. So he also wasn't – he had some assists as well along with some rebounds too. So It's insane in how little time he yeah, scored no, that both 71. Both of them crazy. He had that 41 and I believe 22 minutes in the first half. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, but this UFC 285 card, Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett. Bo Nickel, Keenan, is kind of a phenom. He's only 3-0. and He's a very dominant wrestler. Mm-hmm. And this guy he's facing first is basically like a sacrificial lamb. You know what I mean? Like, get this guy on the card. He's yep. going to get a first round, at the least an early second round finish. Like, I'll be surprised if it gets to halfway through the second round. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's going to start off the card. Then we get a good lightweight bout. Can't pronounce this guy's first name, but Gamrot versus Jalen Turner. That's going to be a great fight. Those are two of the best lightweights in the UFC. Uh, into Jeff Neal versus Shavkat yep. Rogmanov. Romanov is also a uh, mm-hmm. a pretty highly touted prospect. Excuse me. He's undefeated. He's at 16-0. It'll be a test for him, but he should come away yeah. with a win. Then you get Valentina, Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa okay. Grasso as a co-main for the championship, uh, women's flyweight championship. Valentina is, I think, the best women's fighter. Others would say Amanda Nunez. I think most would say Amanda Nunez. She's number one pound for pound. But Valentina is 
kind of like Surreal Gone and the heavyweight, like a perfect striker. So you got four bangers just right there, and that's before we get to John yeah. Jones' Surreal Gain, Surreal Gone, and that could be the biggest test of John Jones' career. That's without even factoring in that John Jones has a three-year layoff. So crazy night of fights. I can't wait. Yeah. That's an A-plus card, like a 9.8 out of 10 card, potential for 10 out of 10. Like that's how good it could be. So I can't wait. You factor that in with the games we have coming up this weekend in the NBA. It's a great time to be a sports fan, for sure. Factored in with the NFL uh, free agency that we got. So everything's good. Yeah, free agency. Yeah. Um, I did I did want to quickly mention, because every time you bring up UFC, I feel the need to bring up Battle Rap. Battle Rap had a huge weekend for itself. They had a um, Rest in Tell Peace Pat's Day. But they had a uh, Pat's Day Forever uh, they had a Pat Stay Forever card, so pretty much they had a, a King of the Dot ran it. As Smack actually came, he's the URL, King of the Dot. They don't really mix well, or not mix well, I should say, but they don't really come together all that often, so it was great that Smack showed up to support for Pat Stay. All the legends of KO, uh, for KOTD, you had Hollow the Don, you had Hollow Hand, Disaster, uh, Jin actually from, uh, from BET, Jin actually made an appearance, Ilmac. Wow. Yeah, no, they, they brought, like, they got everybody, like, on that one. So it was crazy. So Pat uh, like Charlie Clips, DNA. Oh, Pat Stay is one of the best battle rappers to ever live. Like, he's really, he he's almost, unbe- he's one of the guys who was, like, almost unbeatable. Like, he just, and by the, the way of it, he long could tenured? mix in comedy. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was. Oh, six so seven roughly around there like he's been he was around for a while and like he has he has legendary moments for sure it's like murder Uh, series. i mean honestly all of them like he's he's been around that long he's been in he's one he's one of the best battle rappers ever and that's for sure he's like and he's one of the most unbeatable battle rappers just because he can almost nullify, he's big, but he can also nullify, like, the quote-unquote gangster or, like, hood, like, whatever you have. He can almost nullify it by just being funny or doing whatever, kind of making it less serious than it is. Like, hmm. it, he's very good. But, yeah, they had that card going on. Plus, it was Chrome 23's one-year anniversary card. Uh, that Chrome 23 is a league that uh, Remy Ma put together. So... They had the first ever women's uh, tournament championship there with C3 in a caution. They had Easy the Block Captain face Hitman Hollow. That was a that was built up. Obviously, you have Hitman Hollow, one of the biggest battle rappers ever, with Easy the Block Captain probably has the best battle rap run in history. You would have to say. Honestly, he's been on a he's on a winning streak right now against legends. K Shine Goods, um, as a Hitman Holly, he actually beat him, I would say. Then you had um, A Ward against Vixen. That was a great battle as well. You had, um, oh, there's one more. There was one more. Oh, yeah, Miss Hustle, one of the greatest uh, female battle rappers ever against Shuni the Rapper. So, like, that card was crazy in itself. And so. It was all all at the same time too, so it was a crazy weekend for Battle Rap. I had to mention it because we mentioned UFC. Yeah, we took a random detour right there. I, I guess it just goes hand to in the hand. The UFC for us. to the Battle Rap. 
Yeah, no, that sounds explosive. Yes. Rest in peace to Pat Stay. How and when did he pass? 100%. Um, he passed the same time roughly around about like six months ago. Honestly, see, see the white boy? I can't think of. Yes. Okay, I remember when that September happened. 4th. So that happened September 4th, 2022. He got stabbed in Canada um, because he's from he's from that area. So I think it was Ontario, if I remember correctly. Um, No, Nova Scotia. It was in downtown Nova Scotia. But he got stabbed, unfortunately, over something stupid that she shouldn't have been even like involved with. So it was very reckless endangerment there. And yeah, no, he's a he's a true legend. Damn. Rest in peace to him for sure. Um, let's get back to the NBA. What games did you watch this weekend? That's it. Uh, the games that I watched this weekend, I, I saw some of Boston versus Philly. I saw some of the Kings game as the, uh, Kings Clippers. Excuse me real quick. I saw... Sorry, I'm trying to remember exactly what games happened this week. I saw some of Milwaukee Phoenix. I also saw some of LA Dallas. And then game. I kind of kept up with other games as well. Like I kept like I kept up with um I didn't watch it, but I kept up with uh, the Clippers in Denver. And so I kept uh, I kept up with Philly against Miami. But I kept up with some, but I didn't fully watch those ones. I'll say this Philly Miami I did not watch. That was last night. Um, but I will say most of those mm-hmm. marquee matchups. Yeah. I watched with the exception of Suns Bucks. I was kind of had it on the background. I didn't watch that as intently as I did the other ones. Um Yeah. I'll say this starting with Clippers Kings cuz that really kind of kicked all this off. Really it kicked off on Thursday with uh Yeah. It was Sixers Grizzlies, I believe. That was a great game. Uh, but Friday, the double OT game, yeah, historic game. I mean, the first half, I believe, I don't remember the exact first half score, but it was something like 71 to 75, which was already high scoring. But you do see that from time to time in the NBA quite a mm-hmm. bit. Actually, you see high 60s, 70s in the first half. And it's kind of like, all right, what's going on yeah. here? You know, is there no offense or sorry, no defense? Like, is it just lazy play? Like, what is the genesis of that? And it carried through the 80 whole game. 80 to 76. Clippers. Even more. Even more. Um, De'Aaron Fox, <laughs> yeah. Malik Monk, and the Kings in general are just... It's tough to Look tell because like it is a regular season Look game. Like they're back at Kentucky. <laughs> really, though. They, like, they did not back down. There was probably two <laughs> or three like different times. At, they looked like they were back at Kentucky. For real. There was probably two or three different times the Kings are down oh, 8, 10, 12 points, and they just battled back. Whether it was Fox attacking the rim, mm-hmm. creating shots for Monk, uh, I mean this is no news flash here, but De'Aaron Fox is just devastating in transition. You can't really stop him, and he just creates so many opportunities and good shots for his team. I was impressed with how they did not back down. Continue to be, be impressed. The fastest man in the league with the ball might just be. Continue to be impressed with how Mike Brown does with those guys because they're a young team, very young team all around. Clippers, man, Kawhi yep. is all the way back, like all the way back. There's not even a single question about it. I do wonder, like, what their crunch no. time five looks like. 
they got torn up by Jokic in that Nuggets yeah. game. Um, they kind of need Westbrook. Seventeen and ten. Y- Jokic is like a walking triple double right now. Yeah, he had another one tonight. He's uh, a on a lower scale, double. but another triple double. I thought it was interesting how much they need Westbrook. You know, they he c- only lives in triple double land right now. Pretty much, pretty much. I thought it was interesting how the Clippers might need Westbrook. That's obviously why they got him is for the point guard position, but they took him out late in the triple or double OT game. Mm-hmm. And they kind of got sloppy. They kind of didn't Get. really take care of the ball. Kawhi was almost the de facto point guard. It got weird. They didn't play him out all down the stretch in the yeah. Nuggets game. And like I said, they went five five wide on offense. And they had Covington, I believe. I forget who it was covering Jokic, but it did not work. Like you said, he had 40 points. They were getting whatever yeah. they wanted offensively the whole game against the Clippers. The Nuggets have an incredibly efficient offense. Incredibly efficient. Uh Jokic is the center of the universe out there. Again, they have the, arguably the best pel- best point guard in the league probably right now. Yeah. But even just the two-man really game with him and be, like when you're talking about just specifically orchestrating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's certainly up there. <laughs> I said I was just saying when you're talking about orchestrating, but go on. Absolutely. No, I was just going to say the two-man game with him and Jamal Murray. They do it from the elbow and just that alone requires so much attention to Jokic. Jamal Murray's either getting a one-on-one or you're getting an open three off it or you're getting a layup for Jokic or you're getting an offensive rebound for Jokic because mm-hmm. the defense is out of position. So, you know, the question for them is literally strictly on defense for Denver because they can get literally whatever they want at any second yeah. at any point on offense. On um, the Clippers, back to them, they yeah. – just the whole Westbrook dynamic along with Kawhi and Paul George, I'm going to be interested to see how that – goes down the stretch because Kawhi, like I said, is all the way back. Paul George is here and there, which he can be in the regular season. But I really wonder what their crunch time five is, how they're going to rotate big men in there. They did. Oh, Mason Plumlee was who was in the game actually late in that Nuggets game. But they did not play him on Jokic as much as they should, given that he's 6'11". So I didn't understand that as far as Ty Lue goes. But yeah, and athletic <laughs> and athletic. But the Clippers, they've got something. They should be in the final four of the West. They sh- they could be in the conference finals, but they got a lot to iron out. Was my takeaway from this weekend? Yeah, it's the Clippers are a team that definitely has the potential to be honestly in the finals if they can put it together. But that seems to be the question every time is. If they can put it together, if they can put it you've together, got, and if they can stay healthy, you've got the Nuggets. Yeah, I was gonna say that's part of that's honestly the main ingredient of putting it together for them is can Kawhi and Paul George live on the court at the same time for a substantial amount of time? Like that's the main course of their like the main piece of their puzzle, but. That it's because it's them, it's the Grizzlies, it's the Nuggets, it's the Suns that you first that come to your mind, and then obviously Golden State, the Lakers. I think are we can talk. We'll probably talk about them later. But the Lakers are yeah. Thousands to get there too. Lakers are probably out of it with LeBron being out for multiple weeks. It all depends. They make in that bubbles um the playing situation. LeBron comes back. They could be a tough out for the Nuggets. You don't really want to see that. You don't really want to see LeBron and AD for seven. 
especially with D'Angelo Russell as well. But AD then the, put up a um, dumb stat line. The Warriors, today. I think Steph's supposed to come. Oh, yeah. Um, ja had 28 in the third tonight. Triple-double um, for Ja. But, uh, Steph's, yes, 38, 10, and 10, I think. But uh, Steph should be coming back, I think, Friday. Clay has been playing out of his mind. This is probably the best we've seen Clay look in a, since, obviously, this is the best he's looked since the finals against the Raptors when he was playing great there as well. So he offensively, he's all the way back. Defensively, he's definitely taken a little step back, but he's getting better at better defensively. He's better sliding. He's been playing pretty decently for what you would expect from Clay defensively. So the Warriors are going to obviously be. Yeah, he's played absolutely amazing. I mean, he had he now I think holds the record for the most twelve three games because he's had two this year. I think he has up to four. I know he broke broke the record probably from Steph. I think Steph only got two or three, but yeah, only. no, the Warriors are gonna be a problem as well. But yeah, only two or three. I mean, for him, it's kind of an only. But Warriors are gonna be a problem as well. But obviously, tomorrow we see KD with the Suns. That's gonna be great. But Clippers wise, which we we're talking about, I went a long way around about. They're going to be. Very, very tough to deal with, and it really comes down to is can Kawhi stay healthy and at this level, which if he's playing, he should be at this level because then he can compete with any player in the league. Might not be the best, but he can definitely compete at the same level as all these players especially. Yeah, I think my question that I mentioned it is more so their their go-to five. Um you know, they got Marcus yep. Morris in crunch time, which he's reliable, but, like, you do need – and he's not a bad defender, especially at the four, but I really want to know what they look like defensively because, yeah, you got Paul George and Kawhi. That's great on the wing, but you can't have them switching on to Jokic or they won't see him beat unless it was the finals, but you can't have them switching on to a no. big-time center. Yeah, a little bit here and there, but multiple possessions in crunch time in the fourth quarter. Even eight – you can get away with that Even like against Aiden Golden should State. Should probably eat that up. Exactly, exactly. And it all depends. All depends on how that offense flows. That's very interesting. I can't wait to see what Durant looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exciting. You that's know, very exciting tomorrow. It's gonna be what 15, 18 to fifteen games of Durant on on Phoenix. I don't know. There's so many questions in the West where you don't yeah. have that in the East. Where it's the East, it's a clear cut. Okay, you got Boston, you got Milwaukee, you got Philly. Who's going to end with it, you know? And uh, in the East, Philly is probably the team I and saw the most. And you got Cleveland, you got Cleveland. Cleveland lurking. I was going to say Cleveland lurking. The Knicks have been playing hard. And then obviously Brooklyn's been kind of tailing off a little bit. They lost their superstars. And then Miami's always going to be a problem. So you've got really like. The big three, as in the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers. The Cleveland Cavs, who could play spoiler because they are that good. And then the Heat, who are going to be a super tough out, along with the Knicks, because they play great defense and they know who they are. But, yeah, you can go on with what you're saying about Philly. Yeah, tough East, definitely not as talent-heavy as the West. Um, Philly, I thought, was mm-hmm. interesting because I was going to come in here and say the same thing about Kawhi, or sorry, about James Harden that I did about Kawhi that he's all the way back. Like James Harden can now blow by people off the dribble. Yep. And his step back's effective. The pick and roll with Embiid. I don't know where it happened. 
It's great, you know. He, you know, and he claimed like the whole last year that he was mm-hmm. injured, still with a calf. Cool. This is how I know Harden's all the way back though, in that Philly Boston game on Saturday, which was a phenomenal game, felt like a playoff game from the jump. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Jason Tatum is him. Jason Tatum's him, and you know Tatum didn't have a great game scoring wise. Had trouble finding a rhythm. Embiid was phenomenal. Embiid was the best player in the entire game on both ends of the floor. Uh, he refused yeah. to even like step outside to shoot a jump shot hardly, which made him unguardable. When he's doing that, he is absolutely mm-hmm. unguardable. And uh, James Harden was that's not. What we, that's what we talked about like six months ago. Yeah, use the three as a weapon and not as a, you know, as a shot in your arsenal. You know, use it if you absolutely have to. And because, that's yeah. why Jokic is so dis. That's why Jokic is such a problem because yeah. he uses his he shoot. I mean, it like they shoot the same amount of threes, but it's where he gets his threes compared to Embiid. Because Embiid just when Embiid's the pick and pop Embiid where he settles, you're like, okay, thank God. Like this, he's seven one two sixty five to two eighty, and has some post moves. So you're like, let's keep him away from the basket. And when he does that, you're thinking. But when, as you said. When he's next to the basket, he can do whatever he wants to do because he's got touch, he's got moves, he's nimble, but he also is very strong. So unguardable. You want him. He's on. He really is unguardable. Yeah, I mean, Jokic will have games where he doesn't even shoot the three. You know, uh, I don't think he shot the three against the Clippers mm-hmm. once, and if he did, it was only once. You know, he lives pretty much eighteen feet in, and will shoot the three if he has to. And you yes. know, if he's shooting it three times, he's gonna make it one or two. You know, rarely does he go over three. Uh, but yeah, no Embiid. So I was mm-hmm. gonna say Embiid getting whatever he wants at the bucket, getting to the line, this and that. Harden was only looking for his shot when Embiid was off the court, which is good from a point guard perspective. But in a game like that against yeah. Boston, where Tatum's not playing well and Embiid's got it rolling like that, yeah, Harden got to twenty twenty one, I believe, but he certainly wasn't looking for it. Whereas if he was aggressive or as aggressive as he was against the Grizzlies on Thursday night. As he, if he was doing that against Boston, mm-hmm. they probably run away with that game. I mean, Boston played well outside of Tatum, but Philly probably still runs away with that game if Harden's, you know, really looking for a shot at the same pace that Embiid is. I don't think Boston could have played with him. They probably lose that game by ten. Yeah. But Harden, true to form, when it's a game where mm-hmm. you know the lights are on, and I don't know, it just kind of gave me a glimpse of what playoff Harden might look like because. That's very much what Harden looks like in a game five, six, or seven situation. And that's very much what he looked like in Brooklyn with Durant. Granted, Harden was hurt. But, man, Durant was doing everything down the stretch. And Harden was all too eager to just, you know, sit out there and sometimes shoot a spot up three and just give the ball up to Durant. And that's what he was doing with Embiid this game, just giving the ball up. So, not too aggressive. He's so weird. I he's thought so. so weird because like he 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 just doesn't he just doesn't seize the moment. Like that's the thing. Like regardless of how I know sometimes I'm bringing him up because he's been up and down. Sometimes Steph has missed shots, but he still goes for it always. It's like you don't really see him just like do nothing. Like just he like he goes for it. KD goes for it. Obviously, we know Lillard's big time. And I will LeBron say, go. I mean, LeBron. He's always been a big thing about him passing up the shot or whatnot. But at least LeBron 
is involved in like all the plays. He doesn't just sit in the corner. Harden just seems just like almost timid at times. Like like he's almost allowed the bad rap of not being good late or not living up to the moment, live in his head a little bit. Not to like a Ben Simmons level or anything. But I don't even think that's. Just I don't even think that's that with him. Kind of will just be like, "Hey, you do it." Yeah, I think I think Harden likes it. Like I don't even think it's in his head. I think that's just. I mean, he did it in OKC with Russ and KD in the finals. Uh, scouts would tell you he did it's that one in of the college worst too. Games I've ever seen in my entire life against the Spurs. Scouts would say he did that in college too. Yeah, that game against the Spurs. Are you talking about when he's on the Rockets, where he didn't even. They had Kawhi out, I believe, <laughs> yeah. and they, they didn't even show up. They didn't even show up. Uh, yeah. The year before that, he had that, like, 13 yeah, no, turnover was, performance against the Warriors. Maybe nine turnovers. Maybe I'm fudging it a little bit. But, no, I mean, yeah, in this game, like, he— I think it was, I think, like, hard. I think it was 12 or 13 turnovers. He was, was it? it was terrible. I'll say this. Like, he, it wasn't that he was—he wasn't the, just going no, to I, sit. I'm going to—I'll double-check, but— I was going to say, he wasn't going to sit in the corner in this game necessarily. It was more so that he was just like, all right, Embiid's got it rolling. Let me give him the ball and get out of the way kind of thing. Like, he was still involved in the pick and roll, pick and pop, all that. Yeah. But uh, if Embiid was out was out the game, okay, I'm going to look for my shot. When he was in the game, he's like, let's get the ball to Embiid and get out the way. Which, again, isn't a bad thing. But I thought there was times where he definitely could have at least got to the rim, mm-hmm. got to the line, got a three-point shot here or there off an ISO. And he was not looking for it. It was interesting. Very much yeah. leaning into the point guard. Um, just as a quick aside. Just as a quick aside, he had um fourteen he played forty three minutes. He had fourteen points, six rebounds, five assists, three steals, twelve turnovers, two of eleven from the floor, all of three from three, ten to thirteen from the line against the Warriors in that game five. He was bad. So. One thing I'll give Harden about that yeah. was that team was not great at all. Like, he had nobody on that team aside from him. They might have had. No. Was that after Dwight Howard was traded? 2015? So, Harden, or, uh, yeah, Howard might not have uh, Dwight Howard, I believe, was on that team. No, how, I believe Howard was on that team. Um, that, that was the year where people thought that Harden possibly should have won the MVP, if I remember correctly, Sorry, instead of Steph. I believe um, yep. Steph won the MVP for the league, and then... Yeah, and then Harden won it for the players, like the players voting for like whatever they do there. Yeah, I don't even know if they still do that. They kind of got rid of that, or I don't know what the fuck happened with the NBPA. I, I, I believe so, but yeah, that's what doesn't say that was kind of the whole thing. Like Steph got it because they won sixty-seven games, and he was obviously the best player on the best team in the league. But people felt that Harden had a better season and should have got it. I would agree with that, just because. Uh, I remember the roster outside of him and Dwight was pretty not great, to say the least. You know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of shitty outside of him and Dwight. Yeah. So, I do agree. I think Harden should have won it that year, but I get why Steph won it. Yeah. It makes sense. And in history, it looks – I mean, not that it matters, but in history, it looks fine. And it makes sense that Steph won back-to-back MVPs at that time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I think history, but I just yeah, think by had, the the definition of most valuable, I think Harden was the most valuable that season. Uh, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you do have to give it to the best player on yeah. the best team when it's because they won sixty seven games. I get why Steph won it, but if we're going by most valuable, man, that 
Houston team's probably a 13 seed without Harden, and they were, I don't remember what their exact seed was, but they were probably a top four seed. So uh, I believe they're the, I believe they're the two seed actually. They um they were 56 and 26. Harden averaged himself 27. Five, a six and seven that year. His uh next the guys five after with the highest minutes was Trevor Ariza, Patrick Beverly, Dwight Howard, uh, Dantes Monchunis and uh Terrence Jones, Josh yeah Mon- and then uh Josh Smith, Corey Brewer, Jason Terry rounds out the uh eight he had so that was the year it should have been it was james harden and role players essentially because howard was not what he used to be it should have been clippers. He was good but not great it should have been the clippers and warriors in the conference finals and the clippers choked that game six away uh to josh smith and Corey <laughs> brewer randomly getting i remember that's one without, of the only harden games on the bench i remember that's one of the only games in the playoffs that like, it was a blowout, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed. Like, this game's over. And being genuinely confused when I woke up the next day and was like, there's going to be a game seven? Uh, okay. Like, You're like, what the fuck happened here? Uh, like, Harden was done. Like, yeah, he had his shoes tied, untied. Like, he was done. And he, I don't think he, he even was got put chilling. it back into that game. He was chilling. And Josh Smith and Corey Brewer lit it up. Yeah, the Clippers. I don't think so. I think – um. Yeah, I was gonna say I think they rode out with who got him back, and I can't even blame him. Even though even though Harden is your best player, he didn't get you back there. Roll with who got you there. Yeah, the Clipper Roll curse is real. The Clipper curse is real. Uh, Camden actually, I'll save it. Camden's gonna come on and join us, but Camden had a great question about the Clippers, about the Suns for this year, but I will let him. Okay. I will let him ask that okay. if he comes on within the next few weeks, certainly before the playoffs. Um, but yeah, the Clipper curse is real. I'm just waiting to see like what actually happens to them this year. Like we we talked about them a little bit, but you know when they say with the Cowboys, what can go wrong, what will go wrong? No, that truly happens with the Clippers. Uh, you know that year. Oh, ab- absolutely. That year it was the Bucks and Suns in the finals. Kawhi was as good as anybody. Any one of Giannis and be anybody. You pick a player, Kawhi was playing as well as them, if not better, on both ends of the floor. Tears his ACL. Absolutely. And absolutely. you know, in a wide open year. And in I was gonna say, and he had a couple posters. It was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That would have been like the year of Kawhi if he would have like he like that he was playoff run was like special it was the same thing as same thing as uh kevin durant the year prior like before he got his achilles he was playing out of his mind on that playoff run he was amazing and then got hurt and that's how Kawhi's playing right now like Kawhi, everything is easy uh sometimes you see the lifts not there in his jump shots so his shots are short late in the game that's it that's the only thing right now other than that yeah defense uh off the dribble everything's there uh, we've yet to see like a true poster yet, I think, but that's all coming. He's he's scary. I really want to see how Paul George compliments him. I really want to see what Ty Lue does. I mean, I know I'm repeating myself here, but truly, like, what are they going to do? Because it's fairly wide open in the West. Again, repeating myself, but it's wide open. And you mentioned LeBron who, and the who Lakers. Who would be your earlier. favorite right now? It's got to be Denver. It's got to be Denver. Uh, 
they had the least amount of questions. I think I, Gold, say, yeah. I think Golden State's interesting because I think they're about seven deep. You know, if they can just make it to the playoffs healthy, I don't think anybody wants to see them in a playoff series. Um, I think Draymond's playing really well. He's no, been banged up here and there, but he's even he is. he's um, even choosing to shoot a little more. And as you mentioned, Clay the last two months has been mm-hmm. back to you know the Clay we're used to seeing. So so long as Steph can stay healthy, yeah. you need defense out of Jordan Poole. Wiggins has been out with some sort of family issue. They're not saying what it is. Personal reasons. Yeah. I, and I'm directly affected yeah. by this because he's on my fantasy team and we are right in the thick of things in uh in fantasy basketball. Same. We have two weeks left, so... Uh, um, I'm in another league. I'm in a, my work league where I actually matter. Um, I'm 9-9 nine and nine right now because instead of doing by categories, we do it by record. I'm 9-9 nine and nine tied with two other people who are 9-9 nine and nine fighting for that sixth spot. So I'm in Wiggins being out on my team. I have Steph out. I have Wiggins out. Giannis has been in and out. Jamal Murray has been in and out. Anthony Simons is out. We're going through it right now, but we win this week. We play the worst team in the league next week. We can we can get something done if we win this week. This week is the most important week until the playoffs, depending if I'm there or not. I've got Nate this week. He's like a half game behind me. He's the sixth seed, even though he's a half game behind me. I'm the four seed. And then I got D-Roy next week, who's the number one seed. So I need to at least... Yeah, like lose by one this week, and then you know in order to justify a flat out loss against D-Roy next week and still make the playoffs. So if I get blown out twice, there's a chance I just bottom out and don't make it to the yeah. playoffs. But I don't, I don't foresee that happening. But we'll never know day by day. But it's just tough. Um. So yeah, Golden State. No, I think they're about seven deep, seven and a half players deep. You know, there's favorable mm-hmm. matchups, but I mean they're gonna want to get up to at least. The six, probably, they want to get out of the playing spot, I would say. The Lakers, I would have felt good about them up until this LeBron injury. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So he might be out, Yeah. excuse me, closer to a month than actually two weeks. Excuse me, goddamn, I keep burping. But, uh, I could see him, I could see him not coming back if like, they're out of the playoff run. Like, all if, depends. For They've, some reason, they haven't really like, said right what now, the actual tailspin. And but they haven't really said what the actual injury is, right? They just said it's a foot injury. Like they didn't say whether it's a sprain or anything. Yeah, it feels like and it's that, to the bottom, so it could be like a plant. I maybe a plantar fascia, like the torn plantar fascia on the bottom, which is terrible because like it's been grabbing at the bottom of his foot, and it's not like the ankle itself. Mm-hmm. So it seems a little different than just your typical ankle sprain, which I feel. Obviously, he had a bad ankle sprain a couple years back that kept him out for a while, but I could see it maybe being like a torn tendon, as I said, the plantar fascia. Dr. Uh, Keenan over here. So I could see that possibly, and that would be and that would be bad. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, all I saw just was doing fo- my due diligence all of watching the All I saw was games. that it was a foot injury, <laughs> and foot injuries are usually not good for, uh, for basketball players. Uh, we've seen KD, that be an issue with yeah. them, maybe even Embiid at one point. Um, I do think the way yes. their roster is constructed, though, I think they can stay afloat. Uh, they were up on the Grizzlies. Like you said, Ja went crazy in the third quarter. I can't wait to see these highlights. And the Grizzlies end up winning. Um, I do know the last yeah. I looked, 
the last I looked, AD had 29, 15, and five blocks. And I think he had four blocks in the first half. Something stupid like that. So if he can play like that, stay healthy, they got enough shooting around him to where they can manage and enough quality players to where they can manage. They can just go 500 with Braun being out. Cool. You know, but it all depends on, A, like you said, how long he's out. Yeah, especially because the Pelicans are in one of the spots. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they look to not have Zion back. You want to talk about fantasy basketball. I'm very much waiting to see what happens with Zion. There's been no real word on him. He's been out for what will be two months, day after tomorrow. Um, But, yeah, no, if LeBron's only out for two weeks, which it'll likely be more than two weeks, right? Let's So let's say three weeks. If they can go 500 in that yeah. three-week span and AD misses no games, which is a big if, then they still got a chance at it. And you would like their chances in a play-in game situation, you know, more than most. I don't know who's in the four spots right now exactly. Absolutely. But I I do like how the Lakers look since the trade. I will say that. Um, But, yeah, hopefully Bron's okay. Oh, yeah, they, def- they needed to make this trade earlier. What hurt them is they started the season off two and ten, and they've been playing catch up ever since. Like, mm-hmm. because from that point, I believe they're twenty seven and twenty three, so they're four games above five hundred from that point. Which four games above five hundred right now is the Suns at the four seed. So not that they would be there exactly, but the way they started the season, especially with how jam packed the West is, I mean, the difference between the Kings at the three. In the Lakers at the 12 is seven games, which isn't crazy. Obviously, it's probably not going to get to the three at all, but difference between four and 10 is three games. So this down the stretch is going to be a great, it's going to be great. But as you were saying, definitely the Lakers just need to try to stay 500. The Pelicans might fall out. The Timberwolves might fall out. The Jazz could fall out. So you could see maybe Portland, see the Lakers kind of sneak into maybe one of those spots. And you don't you don't want to see LeBron and AD healthy in a one-on-one. Or you don't want to see, like if the Nuggets could choose, I'm pretty positive they'd rather play a Zion-less Pelicans team, a Timberwolves team, a Jazz team, rather than seeing the Lakers in the first round. I promise you that. I'll say this about those so, teams you mentioned in the play-in uh, Definitely spots. they're a team that's going to be scary. Those teams you mentioned the play in spots, I'll yeah. say this. Um, the only one I could truly see like just falling out would be the Jazz because they probably have the least amount of talent. But they play so well together and they play so hard consistently. It's not a gimme that they fall out. You know what I mean? And uh, you, oh, c- you combine oh, that no, with n- the LeBron. None of them are a gimme. They, they, they got to work for it. Right. You combine that with the LeBron injury. It's definitely going to be tough, but this is where this is why you pay AD. This is why you make the AD trade. So let's see, let's see. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. you agreed with me that you think Denver would Denver be your favorite in the West? They they it's between them and the Grizzlies, but like Grizzlies. Den- Denver kind of has to be. They've got probably. I'm shocked to hear you say the Grizzlies. I mean, um, I mean, with the way that. I think that the cohesion of the Grizzlies, I mean, they've been playing the some of the best basketball over, I mean, in the league this year, obviously. They have one of the best records, but you would have to say Denver. They've got 
you could argue right now the best play, like the way he's playing, the best player in the league. I I think Giannis is, but like you could argue, I mean, he's been the MVP two straight years. He might get it a third straight year for the first time since Bird. Um, you have you have Jamal Murray, who's still getting his legs under him because he's gotten injured throughout the season, but he's starting to come back. Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon's had a career year for him and like the role he's been playing. He's been playing great. Um, they've made a couple switches at the deadline, so they're they're poised and ready. It's, as you were talking about before, it really just comes down to can they play? Can they get stops? Offensively, they're gonna get shots and they're gonna get good shots. It's can you make your open threes? Can you capitalize on the opportunities you get on the offensive end? And defensively, can you get a stop late? Oh, they're gonna make Memphis can get a stop late. I know defensively for for them, it's gonna be. Can they consistently get offensive production outside of Jaw only doing things like they guess like Desmond Bain's obviously been playing pretty well. He's been in and out a little bit too. Jaron Jackson, can he consistently keep his offensive game up? I know defensively he's a monster. So it's gonna be that with them. And then obviously Phoenix, it's gonna be how well do they mesh? Golden State, how healthy can you get? Clippers, how can healthy can you stay? But so I would say the Nuggets probably. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you kind of undersold Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's he's pretty much back as well. Like he's playing really well. He just dropped thirty tonight. He was getting whatever he wanted yeah, offensively. Like, it's this just weekend. he's been in and out a little bit. Sure, sure, but I like where he's That's at. That's all. Compared, it's just he's been a little in out. I like where he's at compared to. I bring him up again, but the Clippers, just because we've mentioned the health, but they sat so much with load management early in the year with it not even just being Kawhi and Paul George, mm-hmm. like some of their role players as well, you know? Um, Kawhi doesn't look, I think the only yeah. time we're really going to see Kawhi sit now was like, if it's, I don't know if he has games that are like, like the other night where he's playing 46 minutes in the double OT game. If he, for some reason played high forties or forties at all back to back, then maybe we see Kawhi sit. Um, excuse me again. Yeah. But my questions with the Grizzlies is they're, can they get quality shots late? Or is it going to be because a lot of their fourth quarter offense is jogging to the cup. So I want to see what that looks yes. like. I'm less yeah, bullish. That's, that's the number one question for them. I'm less bullish on the Grizzlies this year as I more than I was last year. You know, I had them getting to the conference finals last year. Um Right, I think I picked them over Golden State. I can't remember. Yeah, them, but um, I can't remember your preseason, but your postseason, you had them beating, beating the Warriors, right? the Warriors in seven, and then and then getting to the conference finals. And I want to say losing to Phoenix, something like that. Yep, yeah, that sounds right. I think I was losing to Phoenix. Um, that sounds about right. I think it's been funny the Grizzlies, who I've been caping for, by the way. Like I've had so many different arguments where I'm like how can you hate the Grizzlies they're the young up-and-coming team Ja's the most exciting player in the league to watch like how could you hate the Grizzlies then Ja comes out and says in that interview we're not afraid of anybody in the West anybody in the league outside of the Boston Celtics Grizzlies have not done shit for them to say that they haven't even made it out of the second round so they've officially earned the uh the villain tag after that because only bad karma could come out of that i that alone has me 
picking against them in whatever round. You know what I mean? I don't think they make it past the second round just off that, unless Ja goes completely crazy, which he very well could. But I don't know. It's bad karma. I really do believe in that. Yeah. Uh, but the, no, it's interesting. You just, there's so much talent for in the me West. Personally, yeah, absolutely. For me personally, um, I do. I really do like their roster, and I really think it's well constructed. Um, I would say like Denver to me is the favorite over them because I feel like Jokic is such an offensively dominant player that he can that as a second star, Jamal Murray works. You don't need to get like a superstar. I feel they need a a better second wing scorer on again another guy who can kind of get his own shot on Memphis, especially in how talented the West is. I'd agree with that. I think and that would really put them over the top cuz you have Ja, you have Bane who you hope can get to that if you're if you're a Grizzlies fan or a part of the Grizzlies organization. But I like him a lot as a third option where he can be a spot-up shooter for the most part, but you can run some sets through him. Jaron Jackson's not really developing into that kind of guy. He's really like getting the ball in the post a few times, but he's going to play great defense, going to be a rim runner. He's going to be able to pick and pop as well. If they could get... I always bring a name up like Chris Middleton, but if you could get someone along those lines who can mesh in perfectly, but when Jaws out, you really can run the offense through them. I think that would be like the perfect him, obviously a little bit better version, but Pascal Siakam, like those kind of guys to fit in perfectly there would be great for uh, the Grizzlies. Yeah, I think I do like Bane as a second option. I think that can work. I do think there are players short, whether that's a wing, whether that's a a four hybrid. You know, they wanted OG. They got Luke Kennard, who's more of a backup option, but obviously stretches the floor. Mm-hmm. I think they're still a year away. Yeah. I really do think they could have beat the Warriors last year had they had Ja. I think last year was the year. This year, the West is still loaded, and they didn't improve yet. Here they are still in the top, what, they're the four seed? Or are they the two seed? What are they? They might be the two seed right now. They're the two seed. Two seed. So. They're the two seed. I don't know. I'm less confident in them. But this will be the stretch. Everyone's going to be hopefully playing their guys. And uh, we'll see from them. I do have a question for you because I don't know if you heard about this. Did you hear about what their uh, the possible rule change next year? Did you hear about this? No. Tell me how you feel. Well, you know about the target no. score in the All-Star game. Yes. How do you feel about that for overtimes going forward? I don't know if I like it. I don't know. I Do you want to know the reason? The thing about the NBA. What, like, tell me the reason first before I go on. Yeah. Reason would be, and this was the exact example they used. This isn't out of Adam Silver's mouth, but this is the example they used in the article that I read. <laughs> was so you don't have players like Kawhi Leonard playing 46 minutes like he did in the double overtime game the other night. I want to repeat, that was a double overtime game. So that's 
It's not like he was playing 46 minutes in a single overtime game, but 46 minutes over six quarters. So you don't have Kawhi? So what? That's a sense. Okay. So So basically more load management. More Um, load management is basically what it is. Anyway. Okay, so here's the thing about this target score. That can take 15 minutes if both teams are playing defense. So it doesn't Good. like, like what what if say like well let obviously, me I'm let me ask you this is why I'm comparing it to that. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll, go I'll on. Get my, yeah. No, no, go ahead. I'll I'll ask you the question after. Go ahead. I'll, this feels like pickup. The thing about basket the NBA specifically is like you want like for me the organization of the NBA. Is what you want it. I want it timed. I like the. You want a shot clock. You want. Obviously, you want to see players play at their best. But the fact is that, I mean, if I wanted to just see people going at it for a target score, I'd go to the Rucker because obviously, not that the NBA players aren't more talented, but you can get super talented players there and still get that kind of backyard feel because that's literally what it is. In the NBA, you watch it for sets. You watch it for how people compete against other people, obviously, but you it's in the confinements of an organized game. I feel bringing in a target score is cool for the All-Star game because that's really just showcasing how good these players are and you want more of a pickup, fun, but serious tone to an All-Star game. But to an NBA game, I don't want a target score. Give me five-minute overtimes consistently until you get it done. That It's been like that. It does not need to change. That's my opinion on that. But you can ask your question. Uh, my pushback to that would be I've never watched an NBA game for offensive sets. I can say that. Um, my question, it's kind of a rhetorical question. I like them. I, I, I mean, I've never tuned into an NBA game. Like, let me see what such and such is going to run here. But I get what you're saying. But. No, I mean, but like, but I mean, at the same time, I like to watch like like when uh, out of bounds plays from like Spolster, I like I don't know. I'm weird, I guess. I, I like to see those kind of things. It's the same thing in football. I like to see like the schematics of everything. Oh, I like to see the strategy, that, like, but I've really never interested. I've me, never so. tuned in to a game for well, I mean, I, for like how the Heat are running their offense. I do want to see how they're going to combat such and such on defense, baby. But never really what the what the set offense yeah, but, uh, might be or such and such. Yeah, but I guess that. I, yeah, I get what you're saying there, and yeah, I know I'm a little weird when if I mean not that I'm specifically like yeah I need to go see this, but I like, I guess I just don't want the NBA to feel like a pickup game, essentially. I want it to feel like an organized game. Well, and I feel that gives it a more of a pickup feel. That I guess that's just kind of the problem with me on that. I would say. And we're getting away from my question, but I would say in the playoffs, it does turn into a pickup game late in the fourth quarter because it turns into who can get a bucket. You know, you do need ISO scores. So I do like that aspect. And to be honest, I oh, probably I probably would like this aspect of of a target score. It probably would be really cool. And you'd probably get raised intensity like we did see in the first All-Star game. The first time they used it, we saw raised intensity. My thing is, this is my question mm-hmm. to you. Did you ever once in your entire NBA fandom, have you ever thought like, man, I wish overtime was 
changed in a way or this needs to be overhauled like you never have you ever felt that way about never right no there's no there's no need to change something that i don't think is broken exactly i think there's far bigger issues in the nba games yeah 12 minute games i thought always thought it was a little odd that it wasn't a six minute overtime because you didn't just cut it in half but five minute over it really it's a minute it's not like it makes a difference of every, anything five minute overtime again you, you're tied after that you go into a five minute overtime again it's really not that crazy i've always just been like okay like in the nfl when they change from the now every team gets a possession from having just a first team whoever gets like that was fine to me because when you have Orland, obviously that was in the middle. They had the if you get a field goal, you the other team can combat that and get a touchdown or whatnot. Then it's winner score, winner takes all. I was fine with that because in the NFL overtime, I was like, it could change. I'm okay with it because the uh, NCAA is different than the NFL, and I was like, yeah, I kind of could see how the NFL could change. So when they changed it, I was like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, I've literally never even considered thinking about changing the overtime in the NBA because there's so many more things to worry about than the NBA than that than the than Kawhi playing five extra minutes than he possibly could have. So let me say this: He's an athlete paid to do this. Let me say Work. this: The NFL, how how sick would a double overtime NFL game be? Which is what's possible now, right? Like that would be incredible to watch a single overtime game going to double overtime we've never experienced that in the nfl um the nfl postseason is already ridiculous right it's wild cue up friday night the kings and clippers game 75 minutes of football right exactly the clippers kings game i haven't seen a double overtime game in a long time i couldn't tell you the last one i saw it was crazy exciting to spend my friday night Mm -hmm. up until probably close to 2 a.m. watching this game because it was in double OT, threatening to go into triple OT and threatening the uh, the scoring record that was set in the 80s. That was the game of the year. Like, without yeah. a doubt, that was the game of the year. If you watch that game, you know that was the game of the year because it absolutely was. Uh, and then, you know, a report comes out three days later saying we need to change overtime. And part of the reason was being – it sounds like the main reason being load management. That's ridiculous. Uh I'll These say this: Players are played, paid to, paid to play. play basketball at this high of a level. Like, I don't want to sound like this guy, but, but like, they, they go, they're going to work. They're literally they put a bunch of time and effort into this, and I understand that they, they do this, but they get paid. Their compensation's pretty high. I'm telling you, pretty high. I could live for the rest of my life off of one year of specifically Kawhi salary. I'd be okay. So the pretty high compensation. I think they can play five extra minutes of basketball. I don't want to. It's basketball. They can do that. I promise you. He's he's a capable human when it comes to basketball. Can I give an example of this? That's like terrible. <sighs> And I hate it because it's Dame, and I love that Dame. Would, that would love one. Dame's one of my favorite players. Um, I would love one. I don't know if you saw this. They got caught in a snowstorm. Yep. And this was immediately after. This is their first game after the All-Star break, okay? <laughs> they get caught in a snowstorm on their way to yep. Sacramento. I want to repeat this again, Keenan. This is their first game after the mm-hmm. break, right? 
So they've already had about a week off. Yeah. Um, let me first say, yeah. and I meant to say this at the beginning of the podcast, Dame drops possibly the best NBA freestyle. That Did you see that? Haven't heard it. Go check it out. He was They were stuck on the plane because I of the did, snowstorm. I I, Went over Glorilla's tomorrow, too. It was a quick, might have been a 16, but Dame ripped it. And I don't. I don't go out of my way to listen to Dame's music. I've heard some of it, and I like some of it. He can definitely rap. He's got some skills, but, you know, NBA rapper has this kind of stigma to it. He kind of ripped it, and he threw in some basketball mm-hmm. bars and punchlines without it being corny. He ripped it, right? Back to the situation at hand, though. So he, yep. they're stuck in that snowstorm. Sto- snow they get to Sacramento on, I believe, what would have been Thursday. I think that was the first games. He sits Literally, the only thing Dame did was play in the All-Star game, which we saw everyone jogged up and down the court. He did the three-point contest. They get in the snowstorm from Portland to Sacramento, whatever it was. I don't know where the fuck they were coming from. I'm guessing Portland. And he sits. So he already had a week-long break. He sat at the game at Sacramento, who was a good team. For what reason, Dame, are you sitting? And then, of course, he drops 71 on Sunday. Maybe he needed extra rest for the 71. I don't fucking know. But... I didn't find any reason for him to sit that Thursday night game. That was like stuff like that. There's no need for it. Sure. If he had two games before that and you want to sit him on the third game. Sure. Coming off the all-star break, there's literally no reason for especially Dame Lillard, a top 15 player in this league to be sitting. There's no reason for that. And again, I don't want to sound like the old guy either, but it's so getting ridiculous to this point. And I'm glad we are. I thought we were at the point in the season where that was over with. And maybe it is for Dame, but man, there's no reason after an all-star break, which by the way, they did that to accommodate the players too. It used to be, they would be playing the Tuesday after the break, maybe the Wednesday. Now they get basically a full week off from Thursday to Thursday. So, and I found out they don't even require the players to come. I have a question for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. What? The NFL, mm-hmm. I'm going to set it up a question. The mm-hmm. NFL, they changed the way players hit. Why? Because there are a lot of people getting a concussion, CTE afterwards. There was a lot of health reasons why they changed the way the game is. And it's a little more fun of a product to watch, even though a lot of big hits were fun to watch. But also, we love scoring. We love to see the 38-35 to 35 back and forth Mahomes-Josh Allen game. We love to see that. That's phenomenal football. It's great to watch. What an, I understand why we took out the Kurt Rambis and Kevin McHale. Like I understand why that's not there and not just that that was a common foul. That's okay. I get why that would be an ejection. But what, what about the game did we need to like change for it to like players weren't like excessively getting injured before like what did we need to change for this load management stuff like well that's like, where it becomes what happened that's where like, it becomes pop, I get it but like what happened to me that's where it becomes an Adam Silver thing because he's instituted a lot of All right let me let me go back all right let me give a comparison you might remember this even because this really started with the Spurs, mm-hmm. because they're all their stars played longer, played quality minutes longer than stars normally would back in the day. You know, uh, you know, Timmy played twenty years. They're all yeah. probably Timmy's probably in year fifteen at this point. 
Manu and Tony Parker probably like year 12, 11. I don't know. They're all late in their careers. And I can't remember if this yeah. This was somewhere along the Miami four-year finals run. I don't remember what year it was. And this might have been coming 2012, off. 2012, I think. It was 12 or 13 for sure. And I don't remember if this was off the All-Star break or what it was, but the Spurs are one of the best teams in the league. They're playing the Heat on TNT on a Tuesday or Thursday. And right before tip, probably an hour or two, it's a game people were looking forward to because, yes, I'm going to sound old here, but back in the day, people used to play on these uh, Thursday night marquee games. And about two hours before tip, Pop sent of course. Tim, Timmy, Tim Duncan. He sent Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Kawhi Leonard home. Just sent him to San Antonio. And David Stern was definitely pissed by that. And by the way, the Spurs, if they didn't win, they almost won with like their whole bench playing. It was kind of crazy against peak Miami, right? So yeah. that kind of started this because it's like, all right, well, we want to rest our stars, blah, 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 load management. He'd regularly done that with Tim Duncan, like would sit him games here and there, but he sat all four of his core players, which is, you know, what you're regularly seeing now. And you're definitely seeing that with Golden State. Golden State does that quite a bit now, right? Um, so then Adam Silver comes yeah, in. I was like, Steve Kerr is right from the Greg Popovich uh, tree, so that makes sense. But like, it doesn't at the same time. Like, yes, yeah, Steph, Draymond, Clay. I get you guys play a lot of games. You guys can play a back to back. I promise you. I get Clay because he is coming still off the injury. You want to ease that even back in a little more. I get that. Steph, Dre, you're fine. Wiggins, you're fine. Go play. Yeah. Uh, and this is where it's an Adam Silver thing because since he's come in the league or took over as commissioner, he's extended the all-star break. He's eliminated back-to-backs, I believe, or eliminated how frequent they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they've completely eliminated the yeah, four they, games. They've and changed for sure. Mm-hmm. They're definitely less. I think they're still, they're still back-to-backs, but they're definitely not as frequent. They've eliminated four games of five nights. Uh, they've definitely clearly allowed more load management without any penalty. I think David Stern instituted some sort of penalty then. Um, I was going to say prior, they've now, I didn't, this nothing really the fans would know. I heard this on a podcast. They no longer require the players who were involved on All-Star Weekend. I guess they had to be there all weekend. Now they're making it so players can just come in on Saturday, you know, Saturday night. So, yeah, no wonder the product's down as far as All-Star Weekend goes when the players aren't really required to show up until whenever they want. You know what I mean? I'm sure Braun didn't show up till Sunday, you know? So, uh, why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to be there? That's just like that. I, I mean, I get it's Salt Lake. Out of all places, I get it's Salt Lake. But, what but if, like, why wouldn't you want to be there? Again, we talked about it. The celebration of you guys being great. But, okay, we're not going to talk about the All-Star game heavily, but... No, but I mean, of you being great. it's very much, and I think Adam Silver's done great things for the league, but it's very much, Agreed. it's very much like a, like, like the vice principal taking over. You know what I mean? Adam Silver's definitely the, the good cop to David Stern, rest in peace, his bad cop. David Stern ran shit like a, like a fucking mob organization. Like he, there's stories about David Stern that are just flat out wild with some of the shit he did with stars. Yeah. Um, like threatening his stars like there's a mellow interview that's pretty crazy that mellow says like he literally david stern literally had people watching mellow knowing who mellow was hanging out with early in his career 
and was like, cut that shit out or you're not going to be in this league, basically. Like, why, Like you would never hear Adam Silver say that, which is probably a good thing. Like, like yeah, David Stern was the godfather, literally. You know what I mean? And Adam Silver is the opposite of that, which is David good in some ways. David was stern. Yeah, right. He, David was stern. Adam Silver is the opposite of that, which is probably good in some ways, but he's clearly given so much autonomy to the players you know, so then what's what's there for the front office? What's there for the how are you supposed to coach that when players can sit whenever they want? You know what I mean? I don't really know what the yeah. what the nuts and bolts of all that is, but it's not a good product for TV and it's not a good product for fans who want to go to the game. You know what I mean? I mean, you have to be really choosy now when you want to pick a game to go to. You got to figure out how many games before such and such teams played or how many nights before. They played their last game because, yeah, you might go up for a Warriors game and Steph might be sitting. LeBron might be sitting if it's, if it's a Lakers game, which LeBron, I get. LeBron's fine. He's year 20. He deserves to sit some games. But these other guys, Dame Lillard after there the All-Star people break. who are allowed to do this. Yeah, like LeBron should be able to sit. He really should be. I would hope they're home Laker games. LeBron, but, Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris, Chris Paul's Paul. been in the league long enough. Fine. If Mello was still in the league. Like, I feel like... But even, even then, then, if like the Warriors, Steph, Dre, and Clay, every like now and again, maybe they get like one or two a year, but because they're older and they play a lot of games every year because they're normally making deep finals runs. But like, even then, what, come on, what would be wrong with Lillard, uh, We don't need to do this off of the break. But even then, what would be wrong with like playing? these guys like 15 minutes you know what i mean and one thing i want to mention that i remember watching from the magic bird um documentary that they did magic was like if he didn't want to play a night they would just blow the team out in the first half he'd sit the second half. he <laughs> right. was like yeah like he would go and there would be going to games for showtime they'd be like yeah i'm not really wanting to play tonight like let's just get up early let the role players and let the bench players get in the game why isn't that the mindset? I understand that doesn't happen every single night and that can't always happen. But like you're paid to like I thought that was so cool to think to like Magic was like, "All right, I don't really feel like playing this bad team. I'm just going to go get 18 and 12 and get up by 35 in the first half just so I can rest in the second half." I think we're pretty much wrapped up here. Wise, I don't know if you have any other No, I don't really There's have one much. thing I did want to bring up though. What's up? One thing I did want to bring up, uh, I want to shout out because I'm I happen to watch the women's college basketball a little bit. I watch a little bit of men's college basketball too. Caitlin Clark is a phenom. It's a baller. She actually she makes games fun. She dropped thirty four nine and nine the other night and had a, a game winner against um, Indiana. I wanted to shout I wanted to shout out Caitlin Clark because she's fire. And I'm sad Paige Beckers is out this season with a torn ACL because that's gonna be that I'm call, I've called it for like the last year now. They're gonna play next year in the championship game, and it's gonna be Magic Bird esque. I'm feeling it for the WNBA, obviously. It's gonna their Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers is gonna be that. I just want to point out that Caitlin Clark game winner. That's um, that same play. That's, that's what I'm calling. Same play as yeah. Reggie Miller's game winner versus the Bulls back in the day. Watch those two side by side, same exact play. Yeah. 
Yes. Same yes. as that coming off a double screen. But, uh, that's to what the right I'm. Elbow. That's what I'm calling. They're gonna. I feel the way the WNBA is starting to be gain more popularity. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's never gonna like touch the NBA, but I think it's gaining more popularity because women are starting to play with a little bit more flair. You've got Caitlin Clark, who I feel play. She plays like Steph in the sense of like she pulls from anywhere. She plays like Lillard pulls from anywhere. She's got flair to her game. And then obviously Paige Beckers just has a lot. Paige Beckers plays a lot like Chris Paul, but even a little bit a touch, not a more flashy. Chris Paul's pretty flashy when he wants to be. Um, but I think they're both going to be phenomenal. And I think that they both could bring a lot of eyes to more eyes to the WNBA. And that's my going forward prediction randomly because I'm a, I'm a staunch WNBA promoter. I would like to see the WNBA move from, what do they play, 28 games, 35? They have a low regular season number. Oh, oh they, they play like 36 games, and they need to move to like 50, and they need to move from 12 teams to 16 teams at least because you definitely could find four more markets. And the top teams are so loaded that you could – that the Aces could get rid of – Say I'm just gonna Asia Wilson and say uh, Jackie Young, and they would still be great because they'd have Candace Parker, Chelsea Gray. This I, this is probably more right, WNBA than most people Aces. know. Yeah, other than say the Liberty, they have uh, Sabrina. That I can't. I always pronounce her last name wrong, but she's a monster. They got Brianna Stewart, and the um, the Liberty also got they got Jockwell Jones who won an MVP two years ago. So like they're loaded. Like there's a lot of teams that have a lot of talent that they could just move to 16, move the playoffs a little bit differently, and then maybe try to expand. You may, I don't think you could get 30, but I think you could probably end at 20 teams in a market, and I think 10 per conference would be perfect. And then you move from there, you get more players, like WNBA players are starting to get more athletic, so then you'll naturally get more people who will evolve, who will be able to probably dunk a little bit. You might start getting a little bit of posters. You might start getting a, just over time, kind of like the NBA had to develop over time from – Wilt and Bill Russell, then you had like the 70s where they had the ABA-NBA merge, but then you had to go, and then you went into Magic Bird, you went into that era, then the 90s, and obviously the game's evolved ever since, so they're kind of in that, I think they're like kind of moving into their 80s, where it's starting to gain a little bit more popularity, and it's going to be pushed into that next stage for them, hopefully. Yeah, the WNBA is... And rest in peace, Kobe, this is where it would have been perfect for it. And Gigi and everyone else in that uh, tragic accident. But I think Gigi and Kobe would have been perfect for the WNBA to grow. They absolutely would be. Um, there's so many different reasons why that tragedy like affected what was going to happen after with Kobe's post-career. Like I've said on here many times, like when we've reflected on Kobe's death, how... I wasn't his biggest fan as a player. Like, I often rooted against him. Always respected his game, obviously. Like, Kobe's as exciting as anybody to watch, especially in his prime. Um, of course. But, of course. you know, I was incredibly excited to see what he would do with his post-NBA career because he was just so multifaceted. Uh, and I've said this a couple of times on here in past podcasts and 
prior years, I literally had looked up because I knew Gigi played, but I'd seen like she, I believe she was getting into junior high around that point. And I'd seen, you know, Kobe put together the Mamba Academy and how, how involved in the women's game and the young women's game he was. And I was like, that's really incredible. You know, I mean, I was coaching at that time. Well, years prior to that, I was coaching girls basketball, junior high basketball. So it was really cool to see Kobe Mm -hmm. doing that. You know what I mean? And I remember literally a few years before that or a few weeks before the accident, I was looking up like, okay, I know he has an older daughter. Does she play ball? Like she must be getting up there and found out she played volleyball and that Gigi was the only hooper and that she was of that age that was going to be all her clips being on Instagram and this and that. And I was really looking forward to all that. And you are completely right. They would have been perfect for this time. She'd be going into college probably in about five years, probably to UConn or something like that. And, you know, Kobe would be front and center. And, you know, that would be exactly what the WNBA needed. There's going to be plenty of women's talent anyway, but to have the Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant name to it, it would have brought so much more notoriety to the league. And it's a shame we'll never get to see it. That league's going to continue to grow anyway, but that would have been a spotlight to it that, you know, you just wouldn't have gotten from anywhere else, you know? And maybe one of these new, and maybe you'll have one of these NBA stars when their next life do it. Uh, it's very maybe possible. You'll have, but the fact that it was someone like Kobe, who was say, so I'll, iconic, maybe br- coming fresh off his NBA yeah. career. Um, I think you could. Yeah, LeBron's daughter would be the I next think one. You right? might be able to get somebody to do so. Yeah, I was gonna say LeBron or Steph's daughter probably. I don't know if Aisha, uh, not Aisha. If, um, oh my God, Riley. I'm blanking on her name right now. Um, I don't know if she plays. Riley, thank you. I don't know if she if she plays or not. But I mean, like she's like 11. I know John Morant's sister is someone who's up and coming, and so maybe John Morant becomes one of the people just to obviously back her sister. Maybe she he gets involved. But you've got a lot of people kind of starting to, like, brothers, like, NBA uh, siblings starting to get those people coming up, either si- either father to daughter or you get brother sister. So hopefully it can just come. Because, I mean, great for the women to be able to go from having, like, a few years back, like, a teacher salary to now actually making money doing something. So it's pretty cool for them. Yeah, I mean, I just think there's so much more they can do with the league. Um, I w- back to your point, I would like to Absolutely. see them expand to at least 45 games, maybe 50. It'd be hard to figure that out with like some of these play, uh, some of these teams in the bigger markets share a stadium, so that can be tough. Um, but I certainly would like yeah. to them. I would assume they're expanding. I think I've seen maybe I don't know if it was Memphis or another big city that was in talks about a WNBA team. So I think expansion is like inevitable for them but i would love to see more games because 35 is just not enough for a for a basket for a professional basketball season you at least make that 45 50 you know yeah in the and it's perfect time it's in the summer like their playoff format i think they got to change too some of them are best of yeah it's great because like if don't they have best of three it's like a weird like the they have like a they have like a single game then best of three then best of five. It's weird how they do it. How I would do it is like I would love to as I said extend it to sixteen. I would have, 
I would have probably 12 teams, six from each conference make it because you need an even number, I mean, or 10 even, but like I might go 12 to start off and then I might keep it at 12 even when you expand to 20, so like more teams would miss. But I would have the first game for how they have it single elimination, so like the three, six, four, five matchup single elimination, then the next round I'd have five and then the next I'd have seven because I think you would add. The one, the winner take all in that first round, I think you could add a lot of intrigue. And then the next round, you basically you've gotten to like, okay, best of five and then best of seven. But it just all depends on timing too because every four years you've got the Olympics, so you got to take off some time for that. Um, you also have, you don't want to be fully caught up. I mean, it's gonna it kind of does every year, but you're going to be caught up kind of in football. I would probably, if those are smart, I think that if you extended it to where the end of the season isn't like the first two weeks, but it's probably like by week four or five of the NFL season because that's when the frenzy has calmed down a little bit because you have like obviously the first couple weeks of NFL is like it's back, oh my goodness, and then you have – you've got to get into the flow so it's not like it's like regular to watch football and then you have the WNBA playoffs there possibly right before the NBA season starts because I think that'd be great for the summer to add something to consume other than baseball or a hope for the Olympics every four years. For sure. Baseball's got a pitch clock. That's all I know. That's my update on baseball. But, uh, yeah, this was the Warner Brothers podcast. And that, that's, uh, that's the last thing I wanted to say. <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm good now. Word. This was the Warner Brothers podcast. Like, subscribe follow all that we will be back very soon with tim gray we will be talking nfl be on the lookout for that uh keenan gray talking to you i will talk to you very soon uh, talking to you as well got a lot of good games this weekend ufc 285 can't wait keenan see you soon see you